This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. It's our weakness when we don't love God's Word. And second, we have to recognize God understands our weakness. And he doesn't just say, well, he's weak, what can you expect? Okay, go on that way. No, he has a remedy for that. Just like he would say, oh, he has cancer, so what? Let him go and die. No, he has a remedy for our weakness. And that remedy can seen in what God has said to the person who is not at peace with him. And God wants that person to be at peace with him, but he's weak. He's too weak to make peace with God. And so what's the remedy? Well, God gives a remedy in Isaiah 27.5. Isaiah 27.5, God says, let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. So this is a picture here. This verse is illustrated in the life of the father with the sick child, the sick boy. And the father knew he was just too weak to believe in the Lord. And so the father says to the Lord, In Mark 9.23, Mark 9.23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That's exactly what the Lord does. He says, take hold of my strength, and I'll help your unbelief. Take hold of my strength, I'll help your cold heart of love to me. Take hold of my strength. I'll help your lack of interest in the Bible. I'll help your prayerlessness. That's what he means. And it was not just this father who realized he needed to believe more. It was also the apostles who realized that they also needed to believe more. And they came to him in Luke 17.5. In Luke 17.5, and it says, And the apostles said unto him, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Now, that's some request. Increase our faith. I mean, isn't faith something that comes from within a person? Can the Lord increase faith in a weak person? Yes. 
When that person turns to the Lord and takes hold on the strength of the Lord to increase his faith, but it's, it's not automatic. It just doesn't happen. It comes down to, to, to the coming of the Father, casting himself in his weakness on the Lord to help his unbelief, to help his faithlessness. So how does God do that? How does God help unbelief? How does God, how does God remedy cold-heartedness, no interest in the Bible, no desire to pray? How does he do that? Well, by one, strengthening that person. As we said, let him take hold of my strength. As it says, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 said, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That's a strange thing. My strength is made perfect in weakness. How's that possible? And then he goes on, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it's the power of Christ. It's the strength. And it's made perfect in our weakness because we don't get in the way. When a person comes to God in weakness, God says, perfect. Now my strength can be made perfect in his weakness. And instead of saying, I can't believe, I can't love the Bible, I can't pray, the person who is strengthened says Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can believe through Christ who strengthened me. I can love the Lord and his Bible through Christ who strengthens me. I can pray through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when God strengthens a person to believe, to love, to do the things that please God, then it's what is described in Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13, it's God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God works inside us to change our will, to change what motivates us to do so that we do what pleases him. He works inside. That's why a person can emerge from that experience and say, wow, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. So here are the multitudes. They're following the Lord, and there is such a spirit of happiness. We can feel it. We can really sense it. It's just like, oh, this is great. There's such a feeling of What's he going to say next is expectation. There's anticipation. Wonderful instruction that they've heard, like they've never heard from many of their teachers before. It's so great. When all of a sudden, in verse 2, behold, there came a leper. A leper. Now, this wasn't just any ordinary leper. More fully described in Mark 140, Mark 140, where it says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. You can just imagine how the people, when they saw this leper, you talk about social distancing. <laughs> they engaged in some serious social distancing when this leper came along. And we can imagine the people when they saw the leper saying, oh no, what is he doing here? And that's why this part is introduced with the word behold. Don't you just love it when the Bible uses the word behold? It's like behold. It expresses such a thrill and excitement. You know, behold. When you see the word behold in the Bible, you can plug in the word surprise. Surprise. Because every time we see the word behold, that's what it means. Surprise. And surprise, there came a leper. It reminds me of a joke. Maybe you've heard this. So when the U.S. is building the railroad across the country, 
They said, okay, we want a perfect railroad. So we have three departments here. We're going to take the perfect nationality for each one of the departments. Okay, so planning, planning. Oh, British. We need a British person. He's going to be the planning person. Okay, and then get the job done. Operations, a German. We got a German to do this. And then they said, supplies. We need a Chinese, Chinaman, a Chinese man. So they start out and they have this British man with an office and he's going to do the planning. And then they got a German man with a work crew and he's going to do the operations. And they got a Chinese man with a warehouse and they tell him, you are in charge of supplies. Well, they start building the railroad and all of a sudden they run out of supplies. And they wonder, where's that Chinese man? And they called for him and they yelled and he comes running out of the warehouse and he's like, surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Okay, you don't get it. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, supplies. Surprise. Yeah, right, because, you know, the R and the L. Yeah, got it. Okay, I thought it was a lot funnier than that. Okay, what can I say? <laughs> so when this uh, leper appears, it was such a surprise. <laughs> but seriously. Okay, so in verse 2, it says here, uh, there came a leper. Now, it's a picture of what happens in our lives. I mean, everything seems to be going well for us. You know, health is... Uh, is adequate, finances are adequate, sometimes good, and work is uh, stable, and family is, uh, is, is riding along smoothly. And all of a sudden, verse 2, surprise comes to us. Behold, there came a cancer, or there came a heart attack, there came some disease. Behold, there came a coronavirus. Behold, there came a divorce. Behold, there came a death. Behold, there came a, I'm out of work. Behold, there came a, I don't have any money. Behold, there came an accident. And with each one of those, behold, there came, there's a cry of, oh, no. Oh, no. And that's what verse 2 is. It's the, oh, no. Oh, no. Behold, there came a leper. And what do we do in life? What do we do in life when we these, oh, no, there came, comes into our lives? Well, we're to do what is so hard for us to do in life. And it's described in Isaiah 30, verse 7. Isaiah 30, verse 7, which says, their strength is to sit still. It says that. Isaiah 30, verse 7. Their strength is to sit still. And when the behold, there came a problem comes into our lives. The hardest thing for us to do is just, the hardest thing for me, I don't know about you, but me, is to sit still and wait. But God says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 7, that's the strength. That's where the strength is. The strength comes from sitting still. We are the strongest is when we are waiting for God to deal with the problem. Like God told Israel when they were outnumbered by their enemies at one point, and they were wondering, what are we going to do? And they're running around looking at all the groups they could possibly enlist to help them. And they looked at the Egyptians and God said, no, 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 in Isaiah 30, again, same chapter, farther down, verse 15 and 18, is when he says, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Three words are really important in there, in those Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 and 18. The three words are saved, strength, blessed. Those are the three words. Saved, strength, blessed. When the oh no comes in our lives, 
of the problems. We are saved when we return and rest in the Lord. We are strong when we are quiet with confidence in the Lord. And we're blessed when we wait for God to work it out. So the opposite holds true. We are not saved from the problem when we do not return and rest in the Lord. And when we are not quiet with confidence in the Lord. And we're not blessed when we don't wait for God to work it out. Now, there was a time in Israel's history when a man died and men went and handled the dead body, the corpse. And for those men, after they realized what happened, they said, in essence, they said, oh no, we've touched a dead body, we cannot worship the Lord with sacrifices. And they didn't know what to do. So they came to Moses, and Moses said to them in Numbers 9.8, Numbers 9.8, Moses said unto them, stand still, and I will hear what the Lord will command you. Now, that's very instructive. I mean, they were very disturbed about this. And when we have this very disturbing situation, whatever it might be, oh no, behold, there came a problem in our lives. We need to do what Moses said in Numbers 9.8, stand still and hear. God wants to speak to us when we're in trouble, but he can't speak to us unless we stand still. And if we don't stand still, we won't hear God. But to stand or sit still, it takes time. It takes time. It's not just, you know, we'll sit here for five minutes and then it'll all be worked out. No, it takes time. And it takes how long? It takes time until. It takes time for the until is reached. And this is what Naomi told Ruth when she was so anxious about whether or not Boaz was going to marry her or not. And in Ruth 3.18, Ruth 3.18, it says, Naomi said, then said she, sit still, my daughter, until thou knowest how the matter will fall, for the man will not be at rest until he has finished the thing this day. So sitting still has a phase to it, and it says, Naomi said, Naomi said to Ruth, sit still until thou knowest how the matter will fall. Sit still lasts as long as it takes for the until is reached. But for the multitudes, in verse 2, this chapter, Matthew 8, verse 2, it was, oh no, behold, there came a leper. And it lasted until verse 3, the end of verse 3. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, that was when the verse 2 of, oh no, there came a leper, was changed to the, oh no, phase of, behold, there came a leper, was changed to an, oh wow, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So if we sit still, we stand still, when the oh no comes, then we'll see it eventually get transformed into an oh wow. And that's illustrated when the children of Israel were trapped, were trapped into what looked like a certain annihilation, certain destruction. One side they have the sea, the Red Sea, and the other side they have the chariots of Egypt fast approaching, closing in on them to slaughter them, just like we saw in the movie Ben-Hur. And so what happened here is that in Exodus 14, 13, Exodus 14, 13, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. So on the one side, they see the chariots. That's what they see on the chariots. And, and they see the clouds of, the, of dust of the, the Egyptians and the chariots that are coming after them to kill them. 
And then as they turn on the other side, there's this wind that comes, it parts the Red Sea, and then they go ahead on a dry land. So on one side, they look at one side, and they see the Egyptians, and they say, oh no, behold, there come the Egyptians. But then they turn to the other side, and then they say, oh wow, the sea is opened up for us to escape. So that's the oh no and the oh wow. And, 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 and the, for us as believers, that's what we have to wait for. When the oh no comes, just sit still, stand still, wait for the oh wow. The ultimate oh no, oh wow, comes to the believer when he dies. He dies, he closes his eyes, and it's a oh no, behold there comes death. But then he opens his eyes in heaven, and it's like, oh wow, behold the Lord in heaven. All right, now, we read how the Lord cleansed this leper in verse three. Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So the Lord touches the leper, and we can be sure that that was another, oh no. You know, first it was like, oh no, behold, there came a leper. And now it's like, oh no, behold, Jesus touched the leper. Is he gonna contract leprosy in him? But that was an oh wow, because he didn't, he wasn't in danger of becoming a leper because he, he destroyed the leprosy. But the point here is that the Lord did not have to touch that leper. He didn't have to touch that leper to heal him. As a matter of fact, in the next history, the one that's really put next to this one, it's gonna start in verse five, there will come a centurion who will come to the Lord to heal his servant, and the Lord is, is gonna tell the centurion that, okay, I'll plan now to come to your house. I'll come to heal your servant. And when the people heard that, that when the Lord said, I am coming, I'm coming, the people were thinking, well, sure. I mean, you know, after seeing Jesus heal the leper by touching him, that, that's how he does it. That must be why Jesus has to go to the home of the centurion so he can heal the centurion's servant by touching him. He's got that, that touch. And so that would be natural after they saw this first miracle, people would probably be thinking, oh, that's the way you do it. That's the way he does it. He goes, he, he has to go and, and, and touch the person. Now, in, in verse five, we read that when the Lord had entered into the city of Capernaum, that he encountered this centurion. So we can assume that the centurion did not see the Lord heal this leper by touching him. This is an assumption. Well, whether or not the centurion knew that the Lord healed the leper by touching him, the centurion knew for sure that the Lord did not have to touch a person to heal him. But for the multitude, when they heard the Lord say that, I'll come and heal him, they would say, yep, that's the way, that's the way it has to be done. So in the face of that, the centurion says in verse eight, speak the word only, just say the word, and my servant shall be healed. And we can imagine the people reacting by saying, oh, Mr. Centurion, you don't understand. Jesus has to go and touch your servant for him to be healed. But then the centurion, in the face of that, you could think, went on to explain that he did understand the concept of taking orders, taking orders. Because the centurion told the Lord that he knew what it was like to be on the receiving end of orders and carrying them out without the order giver having to go along to make sure the order's carried out. He says that in verse nine, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, he goeth. To another, come, he cometh. To my servant, do this, he doeth it. So what the centurion here is telling the Lord, that he knows all about the concept of orders. When the centurion's superior tells the centurion himself, go or come, do this, 
The superior does not have to go to make sure the job gets done. The centurion superior just tells it, and it's as good as done. And the centurion further explained that he is the superior to his soldiers under him, and the same holds true. He commands, good is done. So the centurion knew that the Lord Jesus was God, and as God, he knew he had angels under his authority, and just as the superior of centurion and the centurion soldiers, all that has to be done is a word of command. That's it. And Jesus, as the Lord of hosts, agreed. And he spoke the word of healing for the centurion servant, and it was just done, just like the centurion said. But the reason, the whole reason, and the point of this next history about the centurion elaborating on this power of the command is that it creates a beautiful framework for us around the history of the healing of the leper. It creates a beautiful framework. And the whole point of touch, he touched the leper. Because the point is, putting these two together, the point is, is that the Lord could and did heal the centurion servant without touching him. And so this just underscores how the Lord did not have to touch that leper. And that emphasizes how astounding it is that the Lord actually touched the leper. And yet that touch speaks volumes. Because the leper comes to the Lord, and the leper didn't say to the Lord, you can heal me. He didn't say that. He said, you can make me whole. He went a little bit further. He didn't refer to his condition of outward sickness or deterioration of his body. He called his condition a state of uncleanness, as in dirty and rotten. And that's why what this leper is a picture for us. It's a picture for us of a lost person who comes to the Lord for salvation. Just as a leper didn't come to the Lord referring to his lack of health, so the sinner does not come to the Lord referring to his mistakes that he's made in life for which he needs salvation. And just as a leper didn't come to the Lord referring to the deformities that leprosy had left him with, so the sinner doesn't come to the Lord referring to the fact that, well, he's just a child of original sin, born into sin. The leper didn't refer to him that way, but the leper referred to himself as unclean, needing to be clean. So the sinner comes to the Lord calling himself a sinner, as in dirty, rotten sinner, in need of cleansing. And this will be just the issue that Israel will see herself in in her conversion, in her national conversion. When she comes and sees herself as a dirty, rotten sinner, when she comes to the Lord, and that's why the fountain is finally opened for Israel. And it's described in Zechariah 13.1, Zechariah 13.1. And that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. It specifically calls out the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. And the use of this word for, in Zechariah 13.1, for twice, is very important. It's dramatic. It's not just a fountain for sin. It's not just a fountain for sin and uncleanness. It's a fountain for sin and for uncleanness. And when Israel comes to this fountain for sin and uncleanness, the nation as a whole will be following the old steps of those people that came to John the Baptist in Matthew 3, 5 through 6, Matthew 3, 5 through 6, when it says, out, it says, then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized in Jordan, confessing their sins. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.